Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge and our UFC 285 Mega Preview. You guys asked for it, so we deliver. This week, that's right, it's the return of what a lot of people uh, agree is the greatest MMA fighter of all time, John Jones. But he's no longer a light heavyweight. It will be his debut after years off at heavyweight, taking on Cyril Gone. But it's a full, full card, top to bottom. So what did I do? I went and got the two, two of the greatest MMA minds in America today. One's been on the early edge before. The other, we are thrilled to have his expertise this week. Let's bring in the stars of the show. First and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, he is the voice of the PFL on ESPN and ESPN Plus. You can hear him every single Friday on the Challenger Series on Fubo TV. And we are honored to have Sean O'Connell, a part of the Early Edge Universe. Sean, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon to you, Coach. Very, very happy to be here. I've been begging to get on the show, and finally, you let me. Well, it, it took a lot of begging, but uh, alas, we got on the same page, didn't we? Now, this man made his debut just a week ago. And he correctly, correctly got the main event when everybody was going to the other side. You, sir, said Miss Blanchfield would get it done, and she did. Danny Brasco, welcome back to the show. I'm thrilled to be back here. Amazing fight card. Great to be with you too, Sean. And this is one for the ages. This should be an epic one. I'm excited about every single fight. All right, we're going to have best bets on every single main event fight. We'll look at a couple of the undercards. But as always, as you know, if you watch the Early Edge every single day, you know we start with storylines that could affect the betting lines this week. And I'm going to start with you, Danny, because this is one of the most anticipated comebacks, fights in the history of MMA. John Jones, talk to me. This is for undisputed GOAT status, right? I mean, he's widely considered the greatest to ever do it in MMA, but there's some asterisks, asterisks on that conversation. If he beats Cyril Gaon, who is arguably the most technically skilled heavyweight we've ever seen, there's no more debate. It should be a fight for the ages. This is the fight of the decade. This defines an era right here, and I couldn't be more excited for these two guys to clash. The most skilled heavyweights we've ever seen step into the octagon. I can't wait for you to break this fight down because he hasn't fought in years. And many people believe if he wins this one, he will just fight for the World Heavyweight Championship. He will not have to wait anymore. Now, Sean, let me come to you because John Jones may be the male GOAT, but there's a female on this card this week that many think could be the best ever. Who am I talking about? We don't talk about the bullet Valentina Shevchenko enough. And that's because of her two losses to Amanda Nunes. And when her last outing, 
she did not look like herself. She still eked out the win. Some people called it controversial. But in any case, she's going for 10 in a row and defending her title, of course. And then what stands in her way to be the female GOAT in the sport of mixed martial arts? Well, only avenging that loss to Amanda Nunes, which is a very is a very real possibility because the Lioness is not what she used to be. I'm talking about the bullet. Valentina Shevchenko has an opportunity. Get the win. She's overmatching Alexa Grasso here. This this should be play with your food type fun if the bullet is who we think she is. And then you call out the departing queen. There's maybe only one or two Nunez fights left. Sets up the best women's fight in the history of mixed martial arts. Let's get it. Let's get it. It'll be the biggest money fight in the history of women's mixed martial arts as well. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Now, before we get to the main card and all of your best bets, there's an undercard, five fights. And as I'm looking at the names, Sean O'Connell, because I just want you to focus on one, the world of MMA and different organizations, they cross over all the time. And there's a man at the start of the card that you and I are very familiar with. What are you looking at? I'm looking at Luik Rajabov making his debut in the UFC. Now, this guy has a ton of story behind him, rumored to be one of the people who was supposed to be on this new season of The Ultimate Fighter, who got kicked off that in favor of a Conor McGregor teammate. Look, that's alleged. I'm not saying I know that to be true, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We all know that to be true, right? He's taking on a UFC debutante and Estevan Ribovich. Gringo has real knockout power. But Loic Rajabov couldn't get it done in the PFL, the Professional Fighters League. He was always on the doorstep of winning a title. He couldn't do it. So where does he go to find greener pastures when you can't get it done in the PFL? Where do you go to try and find an easier path to glory? Well, in his case, he's looking at the UFC, which I know a lot of fight fans think is counterintuitive, but he's not going to have to fight four or five times in a year for the UFC Loic looking to make a name for himself, and this fight promises to be incredible because Esteban, he's got real power in both hands, and Loic Rajabov is the kind of guy that will let you test his chin, but he moves forward. He's an absolute terminator, and if he gets this Argentine to the ground, this fight's over. Yeah, and folks better not tune in late because this is the first fight on the card Saturday in the prelims of UFC 285. So that's the first fight. But what about the featured prelims, which a lot of fighters are now realizing gets more eyeballs, Danny, because it's usually on ESPN and not the pay-per-view. And in that spot this week, there's a name that a few years ago people thought this guy is going to be one of those exciting fighters in his weight class for years to come. That hasn't happened, but maybe he's on a comeback. Who am I talking about? You're talking about the return of Cody No Love Garbrandt. And it's kind of wild to see his name in a featured prelim all of a sudden. Like you said, I mean, he was fighting for titles. He was in some epic wars, but he's fallen from grace. And I'm re-nicknaming him Cody No Chin because at this point, he can't take a clean punch. Ooh. And he's fighting a steep drop-off in competition in Trevin Jones here. But I think it's a really good opportunity to look at the underdog here. I mean, Cody can't can't take the power that Jones has. Jones has knockouts over some good competition. Mario Batista, Timur Valiev. I mean, those aren't flukes. Put them both together. So I think a guy in Jones is outmatched on paper. But we ain't fighting on paper. And like Mike Tyson says, right, everyone's got a game plan until you get punched in the face. If Jones cracks him with one clean, this fight could be over quick. So I'm looking at this fight in the future prelim and maybe take a chance on the underdog. One big yeah. shot. 
Yeah, the underdog is plus 150 currently at Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. A couple of people in the chat said they like uh, Carbrandt to get this done. So we'll see uh, what happens. That's just a little lean for my man, Danny Brasco. All right, it is time for our best bets. And we're going to go through every single fight on the main card and get a pick from both gentlemen. So, since you are new to the early edge, Sean, I'm going to allow you to go first. And the first fight on the pay-per-view, ESPN Plus pay-per-view, by the way, is Bo Nickel. Uh, I thought these numbers were wrong, and then I looked them up. Minus 1,600 currently. Jamie Pickett plus 900. Woo! (laughs) It screams parlay unless you want to get specific. Sean, start us off. Well, let's get specific here because what does Bo Nickel do when he's taking on an opponent he's much more talented than when he's got a skill set that is the ultimate trump card in the sport of mixed martial arts, and that is elite, good old-fashioned folk-style wrestling? He takes people down, and a lot of times he'll submit them. But you know what? Bo Nickel is looking to prove that he's got hands, that he's got power. So what he's going to do, take his opponent down, and he is going to punch and punch, and elbow, and punch, and he's going to make Jamie Pickett's life miserable for, I'm going to say, about three and a half minutes before he gets the TKO victory. That minus 1,600 is a number that you can't play with. I know there's parlay possibilities out there, but him in the first round, Bo Nickel in the first round by TKO, you get that at plus odds. Yeah, and and when for people who don't know much about MMA betting, if you throw a 1,600, minus 1,600 into a parlay, it's not going to move it at all. It's literally not going to move at all. So it doesn't even matter if you throw it in. Now, Sean says TKO. But, Danny, as I look at my notes, you disagree. Why? So I can't. it's hard to disagree with anything Sean said. I mean, like, like you mentioned, if you want to find betting value on this pick, you have to pick a method, and you have to probably do it within a short amount of time. I mean, even a round one finish without picking the specific method is minus 200. So, you know, you can't bet minus 1600. You can't even put that in a parlay. Like coach said, there's no value there. So pick the way to do it. Well, he's an elite wrestler. And while the ground and pound is certainly at play, I don't think Jamie Pickett's going to want to take those shots. And I think the easiest path to victory is Jamie Pickett, maybe eating a couple elbows on the ground, turning around and what do we call it? The club and sub take the neck. Once Jamie Pickett decides, I don't like those punches anymore and get him out of there real quick. You know, there's another bet that I like. I call it my signature. I call it the Nicholas Cage play. Gone in 60 seconds. You can bet on this fight to be under half of a round. And if he gets it done within the first two and a half minutes, it's plus 190. So I like finding plus money bets like Sean is looking for. Around one sub at plus 100 or under half a round. Those are kind of better ways to bet this fight. Yeah, and here at the Early Edge, we love fun picks. I can't stand people that make it that this business has to be serious all the time. It doesn't. By the way, what was that thing you said? You just gave me an idea. What was that? The club and what? The club, club and, and sub? sub. The club and sub. Guess what we're going to have on our next episode? Sandwiches? <laughs> That's actually Bisping. Michael Bisping wants to open a sandwich shop called the club and sub. <laughs> yeah, he does. Actually, I am kind of hungry. We're going to do a parlay where you guys have to pick somebody to win by TKO and somebody to win by sub, and we'll call it the club and sub parlay. Oh, I love that. In real time. I just Always thinking, Coach. Always brainstorming. Well, just, I'm just great like that. All right. <laughs> Let's go to fight number two. Gamrot Turner. Gamrot is the favorite at minus 220. And by the way, for those of you brand new to this show and brand, kind of our measures, minus 200 in individual fights, we'll give those out. But anything over minus 200, oh, you won't see that here. At least not by most of us. 
you know, we have a few at Sportsline that do that. But that's kind of our baseline because MMA betting is way different than any other sport. So, Danny, I'm going to start with you. Jalen Turner is the underdog here. At It's been right around plus 180, plus 185. What do you like in this matchup? So this is another price tag that I feel like I'm forced to take the underdog shot on. And I'm going to side with Jalen Turner for a smaller bet at plus 180 here. Simply put, I think there are too many red flags for Mateus Gamrot here as a minus 220 favorite. I'm not willing to lay that. He is coming off a loss to Benil Dariush, very good fighter, but Dariush was like a plus 240 dog in that one. And Gamrot just couldn't secure enough takedowns. That's how he has to win the fight. He's a chain wrestler. He's got a great motor, and he can drown his opponents on the map. But when he's not getting the takedowns, he's a fairly basic striker. And Dariush, a more than two-to-one dog, kind of just fell into the rhythm and, and, and did his thing and pieced him up. If Taylor can, uh, if, excuse me, if Turner can stuff takedowns, he's extremely dangerous on the feet. He's a long, powerful striker. And I'm just not going to, I'm not willing to bet Gamrot to secure repeated takedowns for 15 straight minutes. So uh, with a lot of red flags on a big favorite, I'll take the chance on Jalen Turner to find a way uh, to get it done. He's got a really good scramble and submission game and Gamrot could be in trouble if he gets sloppy with some of those takedowns. You know, I don't actually mind that you guys disagree sometimes because we talk about here on the show all the time, educate and entertain. Knowledge is power, right? And I encourage people to watch it live, listen to the explanations because there's a lot of murky waters in the world of MMA and it can turn on a dime. And we know that, right? We know that. So Sean, I'm coming to you. You like the other side, but you think this thing could go uh, quite a long time. I do. I think Mateus Gamrot has the right game plan here and he tries to push this into deep waters because Jalen Turner the long, explosive, incredible athlete fighter with a ton of versatile skills, you have to drown him. You have to push him up against the cage. You have to wear him out, tire him out, get him down to the mat. And by the way, losing to Benil Dariush is the most slept-on thing in the sport of mixed martial arts. That guy is always one fight away from a championship. And that's why this one is so interesting to me because – Look at the career trajectories of everyone who has been in the Mateus Gamrot spot where he's at right now, okay? His win over Armand Sarukian in one of the greatest fights we've seen in this division in a long time, and then that earns him a spot against Benil Dariush, who, by the way, should get a title shot against whoever, if it's Michael Chandler, if it's Conor McGregor, that's a great fight for him, but I digress. Mateus Gamrot is either going to win this fight and be the guy who's in the conversation for a title shot, or he's going to be relegated to the role of the guy who you have to fight to put yourself in that conversation. Gatekeeper is a terrible term to use for fighters, but that's realistically what happens to you if you lose this fight. And Mateus Gamrot has proven to us he's an absolute dog. He will make a fight ugly. It's not going to be easy against this, the tarantula. I mean, it's a perfect nickname for the kid, Jalen Turner's got a very bright future gamrot's the more experienced fighter gamrot i think is the more strategic fighter here he takes this one into deep waters he ekes out a decision victory and he puts himself back where he wants to be very very interesting when you have something on the horizon but yet you got to focus on the guy right in front of you it's an interesting place to be for some fighters all right so so far my two experts have disagreed sort of but we still have three more fights to get through. But before we do that, you know I got to pay these gentlemen. Again, sort of. So we got to pay those pesky little bills. Here's a word from one of our incredible partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, and we are in March. That means it's madness time at Paramount Plus at CBS. We love working for the Parent Network. If you haven't entered our early edge bracket yet, come on. I'm already there. The entire crew is already there. Are you better than us? Prove it. Prove it. I don't think you are. Now, let's get back. This is UFC 285 Mega Preview. Sean O'Connell, the voice of the PFL. Extraordinarily honored to have him here. Then Danny Brasco, the newest member of our early edge crew as well. All right. Let's go to fight number three, gentlemen. Jeff Neal, plus 400 as the underdog. Jeff Cott. Rachmanov, minus 550. You normally don't see these kind of odds on a main event card. I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest with you. Sean, I'm going to start with you. You're both on the same guy, but how you think it's going to happen is a little bit different. Talk to me. When you get these big, fancy cards, right, you get these highly anticipated cards, everyone looks at it and says, I'm going to see five straight finishes on the main card. This is going to be the best thing that I've ever seen. And seldom do these UFC cards actually deliver on that? Because the matchmaking is good and because you've got Shavkar Rachmanov, who's one of the hottest prospects in this sport, taking on a guy in Jeff Neal, who here, these odds tell me people are completely underestimating. Now, is he going to win this fight? I don't think he has the versatile skill set that Shavkat does, right? Shavkat's a better wrestler. He's a better kickboxer. Everything he does with his legs is cleaner, smoother, and better than what Jeff Neal can do. Neil is a better boxer, but Shafkat's not going to let you box him in a mixed martial arts fight like this. Still, training at Fortis MMA, that shark tank, a bunch of killers in the room, Jeff Neal is not going to get finished in this fight. All right? Shavkat is probably going to win, but he's going to do so after a grueling, strategically fought, striking battle most likely by decision. Jeff Neal, you can't put this guy away. His coach is one of the best tacticians in the sport of mixed martial arts right now. I think this goes to a decision, and I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as these odds would suggest. Danny, I'm really glad I'm not sitting in your seat right now because when you have the voice of the PFL, you have one of the million-dollar champions from the PFL sitting right below you, and he says all of that. How do you respond? You know, he makes a really, really good case for Jeff Neal, and he's certainly a fantastic veteran fighter, really good defensively, good counterpuncher, and he showed off his skills against Vicente Luque. I mean, you looked at the peak of his game, right? So now he comes in as a plus 400 dog. The argument for value on him on that side, or at least not to get finished, is, is solid. So I don't dislike his take, but I've known about Shavkat Rachmanov since before he entered the UFC. I was watching him in M1 Global, and I was telling everybody that he's going to be a future welterweight champion when he decided to step in the UFC. He's done nothing but dispose of all of his opponents so far and dispatch of them. I think that more of the same is coming here, but it will take a little longer for him to do so. 
there's just no area that I think Jeff Neal's really going to compete with him in this fight. It's not a good matchup for him. At kicking range, Shavkat can throw spinning hooks. I think on the feet, it'll be less of a boxing match and more of a kickboxing match, which certainly favors Shavkat. And, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever he decides to grapple and initiate his own offensive grappling, I think that's where the fight will really turn. His submission game is nasty, and, and I, I, Jeff Neal's had problems with much lesser grapplers than Shavkat. So once he decides to make it dirty, I think I see him finding the neck of Jeff Neal and just be, being too much. So I'm looking at like a round two or round three finish for Shavkat. I like him to do it however he chooses, KO, TKO, or submission. All right, and that comes in at minus 150 for Sean. The by decision is at plus 275 if you choose to go that route. All right, two more fights for us to get to. Because here at the early, as you know, we don't go for an hour, hour and a half. We hate those kind of shows. We get it done in less than 30. That's why we're such a huge success. So, co-main event of the evening. And we've talked about it at the top of the show. We've got two goats to get to. Valentino Shevchenko. Now, taking on Alesso Grasso. And I'm going to start, Danny, with you. Because I don't think anybody believes that Shevchenko will even get tested. Much less lose. But how do you see this co-main event? So this one's scary. I'm going to be holding my breath on this one. But, yeah, I mean, Valentina Bullet has a really good matchup in front of her. And Alexa Grasso is a damn good fighter. So I don't want to do her any disservice by talking down. But styles make fights. And stylistically, this is a really good one for Valentina. It looks like the game plan to beat her uh, from Jennifer Maya, from Tyla Santos, who have been only fighters that have had any success at all recently, is to take her down and try to keep her down. And that's not really Grasso's approach. I'm going to take uh, Valentina by decision, hoping that I can really believe in Grasso's toughness and cardio, that classic Mexican warrior attitude that she's going to bring to last her through and just give a gutsy, gritty performance and make it through. I like the over and rounds for her to at least, you know, uh, make Vic Valentina have to, you know, pick up some reads, uh, you know, download some info in the boxing, kickboxing department. But eventually, Valentina just finds her holes and is an absolute tactician. So she's going to win this fight. I'm going to believe in Grasso to last long enough. So I'll sprinkle Valentina by decision and take the over two and a half rounds uh, alternate line at minus 135. I kind of like that. Okay. I kind of like that too. Now, Sean, in, in, until recently, when you see a female fight on the card, you automatically think, oh, this is going to go to a decision. Oh, they don't hit. Part. That's been changing lately. We've seen some female fighters coming into every organization and learning how to finish. And you believe that this week, that Valentina Shevchenko will do the same, yes? I do. I think that her inside of the distance and maybe sprinkled by submission because where is the greatest advantage? On this, we actually agree. She's got a better grappling game. She's incredibly well-rounded. And maybe most importantly in this fight, she's just purely the better athlete. Also, it's a prove-it moment for her because she's in the GOAT female fighter conversation, right? But not if she doesn't win 10 in a row. Not if she doesn't beat someone who she's such a huge favorite over. And not if she doesn't do so convincingly. Coming off of that Santos fight where some people thought she lost it, she absolutely has to be the best version of herself. And what we have seen from the bullet, equally proficient in submissions and in knockouts, that's what she's going to be hunting for. I do think Grasso is tough enough to push this into that over category. I do think this one goes probably into the fourth round, but Valentina gets the job done and she gets it done inside the distance for me. So think about this, everybody watching at home. If this goes over two and a half and then they finish, you cash both tickets by Danny and by Sean. I tell you all the time, listen to the explanations and really break it down. You can get creative 
and really make some cash. How about my man Roth in the chat? He says, I didn't know about this MMA show. Dope. Roth, you're dope. Thank you welcome. very much. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. All right. Now, it's not lost on me that also, also, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? All right. It's, he's called I Live With The Goat, I believe is what his name is. I Live With The Goat. And he's here. And we are living with the goat on Saturday night. It's been almost four years since John Jones, arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time, hung it up. The last time we saw him, he was making 205 every single time. But, oh, no, you saw the picture of him today at UFC.com. He's a big boy now, and he's fighting with all the big boys. Cyril gone, and he's a favorite at minus 160, I believe. I've got to make sure I get that right uh, on the money line. I am. But, Sean, we're going to start with you. What do you think John Jones will look like coming back after such a long uh, being out? And then how do you think he's going to get it done? Look, John Jones is going to look good. He's taking this very, very seriously. Everything we've heard, all the reports are that he's put the partying aside. He's put the demons that haunted him earlier in his career and his life aside to establish himself as the GOAT, to cement the legacy, right? But he is moving up to the heavyweight division. And what John Jones at 205 showed us is that people that are his size and that can match him athletically give him problems. Think of all the guys that almost beat John Jones. Alexander Gustafson, just as tall as him, just as long as him. Pushed that one all the way to a decision that some people thought Gus should have won. Look at Dominic Reyes, what he was able to do. Another guy who's 6'4 plus. Look at look at Thiago Santos, the big hammer, got aggressive, came after John Jones, and took the fight to him. Another man of significant size that caused Bones problem because he couldn't stay on the outside. He couldn't pick and poke and punch, right? So now you're fighting in a weight class where everybody's as big as you. And with this opponent, you're fighting a guy who's just as athletic as you. Still, the skill gap for John Jones over every other fighter, and especially fighters in the heavyweight division, is too great. But there's way too much for the potential GOAT to lose for him to be taking serious risks in this fight. We haven't seen the risk-taking John Jones in eight years. Yep. Never mind the layoff. It's been about eight years since we saw John Jones throwing spinning elbows and using his wrestling and doing all the crazy stuff, the flying knees that made everybody fall in love with him in the first place. He's going to be careful. He's going to be strategic. And he's the best in the game at doing that, which means this ends up being a relatively boring main event and a John Jones decision victory. At plus 150. And I'm so glad you brought that up because when I see all these packages that ESPN's putting together, they're showing all those knee knockouts. They're showing all that stuff from over eight years ago. That's not the John Jones that we saw. Now, he was still winning. But he was winning a lot, as Sean said, by decision or late into the fight. Sean, thank you very much. Stand by. I got something else for you, too. All right. Now, Danny, you do like John Jones as well. And I said at the top of the show that anything minus 200 or below, we're very comfortable playing those odds in an MMA fight. Not in an NBA game, but in an MMA. And you like John Jones on the money line here. Talk to me. Yeah, I think at minus 175, he can be a parlay piece, or if you want to put a couple units on it, I could understand that. But, you know, I like comparing with someone else, but I'll get into this fight singularly. And I have a bigger prop with big plus money odds that I think is is, is live in play. 
I really like Sean's breakdown of this fight. And I think that uh, Jones has been telling us how he's going to fight it in all the interviews. He keeps saying, Cyril Gon's a pretty kickboxer, but this ain't a kickboxing fight. And that's what Jones has been the best at, is his all-around MMA game. I think he, he, I believe what he's saying. I mean, he says he's never felt more powerful, more dangerous, and more clear-minded at heavyweight. He says he sleeps better. He's eating better. And his whole cycle has just changed and, you know, daily lifestyle from not having to make that uh, light heavyweight 205 limit. So I really think he's going to come out looking good. Sometimes time is the best thing for these fighters. And I don't think he's going to want to stand at range with Cyril Gan, who is so light on his feet, so, so technical as a kickboxer. I think he's going to look to close that distance and try to grapple it up as much as possible. There's one thing I can't unsee in my mind, and it's Francis Ngannou sweeping Cyril Gan from bottom position to take top position in the fifth round of a title fight. Francis Ngannou turned wrestler sweeping sweeping Cyril in, in the biggest moment to win that fight. If Francis can have wrestling and jujitsu success like that, I think Jones will have his way. So at plus 750, I think a John Jones by submission prop is definitely worth a sprinkle. And he finds a way to be known as the undisputed goat of all time in MMA history, whichever way he decides to do it. Don't you guys think that one of the beautiful things about a big MMA card is not knowing what's going to happen when you have a fight that you just don't know? And that's what we have this week, and I'm very, very excited about it. All right, very quickly, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap courtesy of the snake on the ones and the twos, and there they are. I'm not going to read them all. If you're one of the lazy ones and you like to fast forward to the end of the show, you can do that. You missed all that great information. But these are the best bets that we're going with this week for UFC 285. Now, before we get out of here, I would be remiss since we have the voice and face of the PFL to not get a little preview on what you have coming up. And when does the regular season start, Sean? Well, Coach, I thank you for giving me the platform to discuss the glory that is. First, our PFL Challenger Series, Friday nights on Fubo TV scouting the new talent that if they four fights each night one contract to give away you win the contract you get to start the pursuit of a regular season playoffs and a world championship that of course in the pfl is worth one million dollars it'll be featherweights tomorrow on fubo tv a couple of really interesting prospects nathan kelly out of sbg ireland on a six fight win streak ago Huskich, who on short notice last year gave our eventual champion brendan Lochnane all that he could handle in a fight, looking forward to both of those men stepping back into our cage. And then, of course, we go to Vegas. April 1st, April 7th, and April 14th, three weeks in a row on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Professional Fighters League regular season begins. I told you earlier, I mentioned this man earlier, Thiago Santos, heavy-hitting Brazilian. He's come over from the UFC He's looking forward to this opportunity and greeting him, welcoming him into the Professional Fighters League is last year's unbelievable 205-pound champion, Rob Wilkinson, whose last meaningful and really only significant loss in the sport of mixed martial arts was when he was cutting an insane amount of weight to fight against a guy you might have heard of named Israel Adesanya. So there's making a debut in a new organization and there's making a debut in a new organization and Santos has a tough hill to climb, getting it started the right way on ESPN and ESPN Plus, April 1st. I will be there. Kenny Florian will be there. Randy Couture will be there. You should be there, too. It's the only mixed martial arts organization in the world with a regular season, playoffs, 
and a $1 million championship at the end of every year. Really incredible stuff happening in the PFL. You should join us. <coughs> who, who, who's going to be there? Who, who, <coughs> who else is going to be there? Oh, Ian Parker is going to be there too. I deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> and the coach, look, <laughs> guiding you through all of the picks is, of course, our expert, our guru, the man himself. Jonathan Coachman, the coach. That's what we're talking about right there. That's all I was waiting for. That's all I need. Just a little bit of that. That's it. That's it. Uh, I'm telling you, if you you haven't watched the PFL yet, I'm telling you to have a regular season and everything that John, uh, Sean just described is amazing. There's pressure the first night. You can't afford to not have a good showing the very first fight. And as you said, it starts. It's amazing that you have so much pull too. You live in Utah and somehow you got them to fight three weeks in Vegas. Yes. Very interesting. I said, I'm sick of flying all the way over to the East Coast. Give me something that's drivable so I can bring some friends to the crowd. And they said, whatever you say, sir. It's really nice that they're finally listening. Yeah, it truly, truly is. This is the first of many, many shows. This is a great show with two of the great MMA minds in the country today. Tell all your friends, watch it live, or you can also, as always, watch it on demand. But follow us, turn on your notifications so you don't miss one single second of this incredible content. So with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these UFC 285 tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. Love them all. Sean O'Connell now. Danny Brasco still looking for his nickname. Who's going to win 100 bucks? Cold, hard, cash. I want to know. But you got to come up with a nickname that sticks. And, of course, I am the coach, the snake on the ones and the twos. We're here every single day, multiple times a day for every sport. Don't forget, if you're watching us live, coming up at 5 p.m. Eastern time, the full mega preview of the World Baseball Classic. We grind for you so we can win with you right here at the Early Edge. Good luck. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. 